Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey, everybody. Paige DeMacos from the Draft Network and the TDN Fantasy Podcast. Here to let you know this week's podcasts are brought to you by our friends over at mybookie.ag. MyBookie is the premier place to bet on sports, boasting one of the largest online selections of odds on the greatest sport on the planet, the NFL, with hundreds of bets to take advantage of, from season kickoff to Super Bowl weekend to the NFL draft. MyBookie has it all year long. This week only, we are running a special for all of our Draft Network fans. MyBookie is doing a 50% sign-up bonus up to $1,000. Deposit $2,000, Get $1,000 in extra cash to wager. Be sure to use promo code DRAFTNETWORK to score this deal. Again, use code DRAFTNETWORK. And be sure to listen to our favorite value picks this week on the TDN Fantasy Podcast. TDN Fantasy. The TDN Fantasy Fantasy Podcast. With your hosts, Paige Demakos, Jamie Eisner, and Jake Arians. Welcome into the TDN Fantasy Podcast, a new look. You guys are going to be able to see the podcast on video, which is awesome. So you guys can check that out. Uh, we'll be putting it out on the TDN Fantasy Twitter account and the TDN, uh, the Draft Network Twitter account. So you guys will be able to see it. I was in a meeting and I had to push back our podcast. And while this meeting is going on, I get an alert. And the alert is about Rob Gronkowski and a potential him discussing something with the Patriots and Jake is has his hands up in the air. And then very quickly, it's a, it's a done deal, right? We got Schefter reports. We got everything going on. It happened pretty quickly here. So the Tampa Bay Buccaneers have acquired Rob Gronkowski and a seventh round pick in a trade with the Patriots for a fourth round pick, right? That is the latest. Adam Schefter was the first guy to report it. Jake Glazer had some of it, right? It's now it's kind of different people having it, but Schefter was, First there, and this obviously all in light of the Tom Brady news. Um, obviously not a big connect, not a hard connection to make here. So let's start off with the immediate impact of Gronk, and then we can talk about OJ Howard and what this means for him because that's obviously the the secondary question here. So Jake, I'll play, I'll make you wait, and I'm going to go to Jamie first. So Jamie, <laughs> you react and tell us your thoughts on on Gronkowski and and what he can what he can mean for this for this team. So I don't think this is as surprising of a move as Twitter is acting like. Uh, I, I think we all said not only earlier in this offseason, but I think we said last year on the show too. I mean, there were a lot of talks about was Gronk going to come out of retirement in like week 10 yeah. uh, and just, you know, sk- skip all the early season stuff, uh, get his body healthy. Uh, I'm not surprised that he has the itch to play football. Again, he's still a pretty young man. And once those injuries start to go away for a little bit, you kind of forget about them and they're not a part of your everyday, you know, every time you get up and move, you're feeling pain. When that dissipates a little bit, that competitive fire didn't go away. So that's when that kind of scale starts to tip back into the other direction here. 
Uh, Tampa Bay is also a great place to live. Uh, there are a lot of financial benefits to being in Florida. Uh, and, and just the tax situation, the cost of living. I mean, there, there's a lot of things that go into it. Uh, he was just there to win the WWE 24-7 title at WrestleMania that was supposed to be in the Buck Stadium uh, with a former uh, football player that, that wrestles there. Uh, so th- this is not a surprise at all. Uh, I think it's a tremendous help to Tampa Bay. Uh, you talk about adding in another leader, another player that has won, another player with championships, plural, uh, to a locker room that is ascending toward that goal. Uh, somebody that Tom Brady can trust, can lean on, can help instill parts that he wants to instill. Uh, and the reality is, is they need more production out of that position than they got last year. And whether it's the combination of Gronk and Cameron Brait together, if they move OJ Howard, or they're all three for a while or whatever combination, they will assuredly get more production out of that position when needed uh, and have a tremendous red zone threat and a red zone mismatch to use. Uh, I'll be incredibly interested to see how they use him, maybe, uh, maybe even in the slot inside the 10, which would be really fun to see. Uh, I, I'm just, it, it's a, it's going to be a huge impact for fantasy purposes, not taking them among the top five tight ends. There's still injury risk there. There's still, I mean, there's only so many mouths you can possibly feed. Uh, and if, again, if you believe that you should be taking Mike Evans and Chris Godwin in the first round, and you know, maybe they bring in a Clyde Edwards Hilaire on day two of the draft, uh, you know, you have two tight ends there. There's only so many balls to go around, but it's still going to be a, a huge addition on the field for Tampa Bay. And, uh, I can't think of a negative reason. Uh, I can't think of a negative aspect to this trade. And for New England, look, you weren't going to get Gronk anyway. He wasn't going to come back yeah. to play for Jared Stidham. He might have just stayed retired. You got a fourth-round pick that you didn't have going in, more draft capital to keep rebuilding this team. Uh, it, it's a win-win. What else am I going to say about that? <laughs> uh, this this entire offseason is just Yeah, I was going to say, collectively, can you just, more so, let's take the analyst hat off for a second. Can you just have a moment to yourself to go, holy crap, (laughs) Rob Gronkowski and Tom Brady both playing for Bruce, for your dad in Tampa. I mean, if you told us this two years ago, even a year ago, I would have I would have been like, I'll bet my life there is no chance that this happens. Like it's, it has all materialized. And as Jamie so, you know, eloquently said, there's a lot of reasons to like this, but just from a pure like fandom standpoint, other than for New England, it's pretty freaking cool. It had something out of this can, I'd spit the hell out of it in honor of Gronk <laughs> right, right now. I mean, it's just, if you'd have told me my dad was coaching again two years ago. Yeah it would be enough to be excited to now have Tom Brady, that entire defense back, Evan Godwin, Earl Jones, and now you're adding Gronk to the mix. I mean, just the fun excitement of this is going to be off the charts. I mean, one thing I want to add to the player was I don't think he was necessarily done physically. He's tired of being beat up. There's a lot of accounts of tired of that mental grind of New England and to have a little more fun. And he was only going to do it with Brady. And I think the one thing we have to talk about with Gronk is how good of an inline blocker he is. He's going to help in the run game tremendously. And I don't know how you defend this team now. Can you play zone? Probably not. If you're playing man, that means Gronk's matched up with a tight end or a, a tight end against a linebacker or a safety. Mm-hmm. And now you got Evans and Godwin matched up, and you're talking about Edwards Hilaire or whoever the back ends up being. How do you? I don't know how you defend this team with the defense all back. I mean, it's just almost – too good to be true. I'm officially changing my offseason grade from an A to an A++. And they're not done yet. 
I told you they weren't done yet, but I didn't think it was going to be this. And look, they could still add some draft capital if they move on from OJ Howard. They're going to get more than what they gave up for Gronk for Howard. I don't I don't think it's yeah. going to be a first round pick, but I do think it's going to be a, at least a day two pick or, or they can hold on and wait and maybe get capital the following year. I mean, it, it's interesting to see wh- where they go from here. But Jake's point is is solid. It's where, where do you how do you defend this team when everybody's healthy? Like I, I just I, I don't see it. I don't see how you can defend all of them. You, you've got a Hall of Fame tight end now. You've got two Pro Bowl wide receivers. You've got a Hall of Fame quarterback. Like, I, where, where, where do you divert your attention to? If everybody's on the field at the same time, there's mismatches everywhere. I can't tell if it makes it more paramount or a little less risky, like to have to move up to get a right tackle now. Like, if you I can stay like at four feet, stay like at four feet, still get one and not have to give anything up, and maybe you do trade O.J. Howard and get a second or a third, man, this draft is looking phenomenal with what you already have, if you could still add that tackle at 14. But I don't, I don't know that you have to get crazy. The other part of that is, okay, then you have to keep Gronk around to block or Cameron Brayton. you got to go some tight, some two tight end stuff. I can't really decide which way I want to go there, but if they can get a right tackle and a running back in this draft, pass-catching running back in this draft, good luck. Yeah, yeah. That, that's going to be interesting to me, and I think a lot of that's going to depend on what the Giants do at four. Because if they stay there and they take a tackle, then I think the risk of the, one of those top four guys not falling to Tampa gets really high uh, at that point. And I don't think you want to be boxed into Josh Jones there at that pick. I mean, even if it's a player you like, I think you don't want to spend the 14th overall pick on that. I think you want to be more in the 20s. The question is, can they move up? Can they can they get a package together to possibly move up a few picks without giving up that second round pick that might be used on that running back? You know, now you've got multiple picks in the fourth round. Um, you know, is that going to be enough to move around? Do you have to start moving capital for the future years? Are you able to take a team like, you know, uh, you're able to look at a team like Arizona or a team like Jacksonville and be able to, you know, put attach your one some mid-round picks and maybe O.J. Howard together to move up uh, for some maybe tight end needy teams. Uh, I don't know. That could be. But I'm, I'm, I hope my point is I don't know that I feel like – I can't tell if I'm saying, okay, now you have to get a right tackle yeah. because that's really the only thing that's like cluster, but Gronk helps so much. It's like I don't, I don't know. I can't decide either way. But if they could pull it off and get a right tackle, a pass catching running back, I think they're. I think they're in a it's really just good spot. At that, it's just health at that point, right? Yeah. It's just you yeah. have to stay healthy, and you can make a run. I mean, it, yeah. It looks no, stretch, I think those, you're, stretch those hamstrings. Yeah. My God, stretch those hamstrings. <laughs> I think he's in. A, they're they're in a really good spot here, right, guys? Because now, if now you have now there can be more opportunities potentially for them to move on here from OJ Howard. And they might decide not to, but as Jamie put, there's a couple scenarios here where they can package together a couple of different things and get themselves, make sure they get the right tackle that they want. And then it goes from an A plus plus to a grading score that I don't have. Right. Like it's, it's, it becomes, you look at the team and you go, yeah. Okay. Like good luck. Right. I, I mean, I think that's, that's where you're, you now have a chip that you can move and probably Jamie, I agree with you, get a day two pick potentially for, 
and package something together and move up if if you have to, right? And maybe they don't have to, but and maybe they keep OJ. But I think there's there's obviously the number one tr- trend on Twitter right now is OJ Howard, right? Because there's a lot of discussion about what's going to happen with OJ and and the name value as we talk about substance over swag. It's more of swag versus substance with him because he hasn't really materialized as much as he's got the big body. You're really excited about it's him. The college stuff we talked about, though, yeah. Howard from Alabama, but the Greek god of a human being that is yeah, physical, physical specimen. Howard, what everybody's potential could be, and it is it's there. I mean, the Bucks like the potential; they just didn't see of enough of it. Can see last year he finished well, uh, but yeah, I mean, look, they they can move on from OJ Howard and get something good back. You're talking about an unprecedented offseason. I can't remember anybody ever having an offseason like this. I mean, no. you're talking about Jason Light and the Glazers went all in on no risk it, no biscuit last year with B.A., and this is what you get. This is Those guys aren't coming without him being the head coach in that offense. No and Ryan Clark said it very well this morning. He lets stars be stars. He wants the input from his players. He wants that kind of collaborative environment that Brady talked about before and after signing. And they're all in. This is no risk and no biscuit. This is we're we're coming to take your head off every Sunday, and we got a couple of years to make a run and see if we can't win another ring. I mean, and if you're a fan base, what the hell else could you ask for? Yeah. I mean, the beginning of this, I saw a bunch of people, fan, like Bucks fans. What about our future? Your past is shit. Throw a couple <laughs> Super Bowls into your future. Like Tom Brady has as many Super Bowl rings as you have playoff wins. I've said this a bunch of times. Like this is. You know, the other thing about Gronk I want to point out, too, is Tom Brady went to nine Super Bowls. He only won six, and those were the ones with Gronk. He never won one without Gronk on the field. And I don't think you can overstate that importance of, like, when it comes down to nothing else and nobody's open, it's Gronk. You know, yeah. And when the years that they had, you you couldn't stop them. Like, I don't know what else you could from a face organizationally than to go all in and they went all in. I mean, the yeah. chips are in the middle of the table. They got to stay healthy and make a run, but I, I else you could build this any better. Listen, this is exactly what you get with Bruce, right? It's exactly what it's no risk it, no biscuit. You're going to put all the chips into the table, but if you're a Bucks fan, there, there isn't even a level of excitement that I can describe that you should be having right now. Right. Because you're talking about unprecedented. Yeah, Again, un- like a unprecedented. Yeah, un- just the the ability that that Tom Brady was ever going to leave is insane. Just that in and of itself, and now getting Gronkowski, it's there's a lot of excitement. Obviously, so for Bucks fans, they they should be very excited. They should they should be pumped up. This is an awesome thing for them, and and mostly just for NFL fans. Aside from uh, Patriots fans who, uh, no offense, don't really care about your feelings because you have a lot of Super Bowl victories and most of us don't. I'll OJ take Howard, one of your six. I'll be yeah. fine. <laughs> New England fans are just fine. Yeah, they are just fine. I want to talk about OJ Howard just quickly before we move on to the AFC win totals. Just, just Jamie, level with me. What is the ideal package here for OJ potentially? Is it the Jacksonville package that you kind of threw out there? Because I think that that has a pretty, it's pretty intriguing to me, right? Or are there other ones that you're interested in? You know, I think as as you're kind of fantasy booking this uh, potential trade here. I think it, you're talking about immediate impact. There is still the clear need, uh, I think, for that right tackle spot we talked about. 
Uh, and there's a chance that they're just going to be a couple picks too far back to get the player that they, one of the top four players they might be interested in. So yes, if, if Jacksonville's willing to play ball and getting ahead of Cleveland and the Jets guarantees you at worst, most likely to get the third uh, offensive tackle on your board, if not the second offensive tackle on your board. Uh, I, I think that would be an ideal scenario because then at that point, you're really not trading a lot of capital you've already had. So if, if let's say they want that and you know you're they could take the fourth round pick from New England or something on, on that fashion on top of OJ Howard and 14, really you just traded OJ Howard and got Gronk and that pick. So like I mean, if you talk about it in the end, that that's a that's a massive win from yesterday if we were to talk about that scenario. So all you have to do to move up and get that tackle is move on from OJ Howard. Oh, and by the way, you're gonna get that tackle and you're gonna get Rob Gronkowski. For essentially, I guess at that point it would be a seventh round pick, and you know, move it and that. So I would absolutely take that, uh, even even if it takes another day three pick or or something like of that of that nature. But you're gonna have to have a team in that scenario that views OJ Howard as a potential future asset for them and fits what they want to do. And I think Jacksonville has that need. They can still pick up OJ Howard's fifth year option again for two years at a very reasonable rate before they have to make a I guess probably a year and a half before they have to make a final decision on are they going to sign him long term or not. That to me would make a lot of sense. And you're not asking Jacksonville to do a ton there. They can go back and they could probably still get CJ Henderson if that's the guy that they like at 14 or Christian Fulton. They might even be able to get Kinlaw there, although I think that the Niners might be very tempted to take him there. But if the Niners take him there, then all of a sudden a guy like CeeDee Lamb or Henry Ruggs becomes available to you at 14 if you're Jacksonville. So I think that that's a team to me that makes a lot of sense. Arizona would as well, but I think I've been on record as saying I think they should stay where they are and take a tackle. So I don't think they want to find themselves in a situation where they're trading away from a tackle spot uh, where, again, you're trading with 14 because Tampa thinks they might not get the tackle they want there. I don't see Arizona making that same risk. Uh, so Jacksonville makes a ton of sense to me, and I think it would make a lot of sense from Tampa's standpoint of not giving up too much capital elsewhere and now trading from a position of major strength with three tight ends on three major tight ends on the roster. Jake, OJ Howard, and you, you're just sitting over there. Jake's just like this. Jake's just like, yep, thumbs up, going, yeah, I agree. He's just very excited. I will take that and run to the bank right now. If you told me that yesterday, Jamie scenario, yes, I'm in. Deal. Okay. Done. Uh, I mean, uh, look, there's plenty of teams, to Jamie's point, that would love to have OJ on this deal for two years. If you pick up the fifth-year option, he's like 2.6 or something on the cap this yeah. year. It's nothing for what that player potential is in a different system that just may be a little, I don't know, more tight end friendly. Everybody wants to talk about how this is not a tight end friendly thing, but all of a sudden Gronk is the greatest thing ever. I don't get that. But a lot of teams would want that player for that price for two years with the ability to resign and keep him. Uh, we'll see. Not a lot of people are in front of them that they might want to move up for, though. Maybe, maybe it's just a – you know, a scenario where he needs a change of scenery, right? That's a lot of times that happens with players. So yeah, that's yeah. maybe that's OJ's what it a, is. He's young. OJ's a good kid, man. I wish him nothing but the best. And this is, you don't, just Jameis. I wish nothing but the best for Jameis is a yeah. good kid. I've known a long time, but you can't turn down a chance for Tom Brady to stay with Jameis. You can't turn down the chance for Gronk with Tom Brady for OJ. Like this, it makes a lot of sense. Um, but yeah, in any of the scenarios that allow them to get a right tackle and not give up a ton to do it, it's it's the perfect offseason. It really is unprecedented offseason that we've we've never really seen. Yeah, and as I think like the Jags deal makes a lot of sense in theory, 
because we talk about there's always got to be the other side of it. It's very easy to make a deal for one side, but I yeah. think the Jazz would be perfectly okay coming out of the first day of the draft with OJ Howard, CD Lamb, and uh, like a Christian Fulton, for example, which is very easily doable in that scenario. And that's starting to build an offense around. I, Look, it's Minshew right now. I don't think Minshew's the long-term answer. I don't think they're going to find that answer this year. But that becomes – but maybe they do. Maybe they like Jordan Love and they like him at 20. And now you're getting Howard, Lamb, and Love uh, added to this offense right away. So, I mean, that's one of those ones where I think it makes some sense for everybody involved. And as Jake pointed out with the the cost of O.J. Howard, it also doesn't put a lot of pressure on Tampa to move him right away. I mean, they could even pick up his fifth-year option if they wanted to. Uh, at that price and work, work on moving him throughout the year. Uh, so, I mean, it's, I think a deal will get done sooner rather than later, just a hunch, but they're also not in a position where he's, he's not a cap problem for the team. Like it's not going to be an issue. Uh, if they don't I get an offer, that's value, what I, his value is the highest right now in this draft yes. with lower tight end class in a place like that. So you package 14 to go up. Yeah. Whatever it ends up being, OJ, I think will be part of, of that deal. But I think his value is the highest this week until we get to the draft. Maybe even through Friday. I, I think Jaguars fans would be really excited about the uh, scenario that Jamie just played it out because be. that would man, that's a hell of a that's a hell of a draft class. And yeah. then oh, by the way, if they turn around and they end up landing themselves a top quarterback next year, oh man! At, by the all way, of a sudden, that becomes very Dockway exciting. And Fournette, yeah. I mean, they could end up with fourteen picks. OJ Howard, yeah. It's time. That it's time would, to re- that, would, that would be, that would be Jamie. I like that's a. That's a good one. I'm down with that. Yeah, Jamie's a good GM. I think I think we've landed on the fact that Jamie's Jamie is prepared and really dialed into the front office 33 slogan over at the draft network. Absolutely. So it's very appreciative of that uh good breakdown that he had there. Guys, if you didn't listen to our NFC win totals yesterday, you should go back and listen to our, the podcast. Uh, we are on mybookie.ag's official lines, and these are you can get in on this action right now. Uh, we're running a special with them, so if you go and you put in the draft, just draft network. Uh, if you bet a thousand, if you bet two thousand dollars, you're going to get a thousand dollars extra play, right? So they're matching fifty percent of that. So it's. Good opportunity for you to have some fun heading into the NFL draft, especially since uh, I know it's been a slow grind through this no sports time, right? Um, and and I know people are excited about this. And, and I would say do it quickly if you want to get – because I don't know when some of these other sports things are coming back, when these other leagues are going to play. There's a lot of draft props right now. We're going to do our show tomorrow highlighting a bunch of them. There are a lot of really fun, interesting draft props right now, and you can kind of get in on the action before some more. A lot of money is going to come in over the next couple of days, and the lines are going to move a lot. They've already moved a lot already. So, yeah. I mean, there's a, these are a lot of fun. It gets another element to draft night, uh, whether it's player versus player, whether it's you know over-under on draft position, you know third, fourth quarterback off the board, first player at this position off the board. It adds a lot more intrigue to draft night. And again, it might be a while before you can bet on any American sports again. So yeah. I would suggest you take advantage of this. And again, the 50% bonus, uh, as Paige said, it's, it's free money to bet with. Yeah, it, it's it's we're going to go through all the props. Um, and right now we're going through the AFC win totals, per, you know, 
pre the draft. We're going to look at them after the draft, see if they move a ton. Don't expect them to move a whole lot, but there are a couple of teams that stand to to make a move. I don't know, like a Cincinnati that we're going to talk about that might end up getting the quarterback in the future. So we'll start off with the first team here in the AFC, a team that was spectacular in the regular season and disappointed in the postseason, and that is the Baltimore Ravens. Their win total is high, 11 and a half going into this year. Jamie's sitting on here. He's taking a deep breath because we don't like those win totals, man. When they're that high, that's a head, that's a, that's a big number. Are you, are you okay with that number for the Baltimore Ravens? It's, it's where it should be for the market. Uh, as I said on our show yesterday, I'm never going to be somebody that takes the over on 11 plus win totals. I just think there's, there are more things that can go wrong. that can go right. Uh, my initial look through pre-draft, I had them right around 12 wins again, assuming health, which is kind of what we're assuming now if they're not already hurt. Uh, but this is this is a tough one for me because I think that the rest of the division is getting better, and I think it's more likely they hit the under even if I predict them to go over. Uh, Cleveland should be better this year. I can't possibly imagine they're going to be worse. They're going to add a left tackle. That's a big need for them. Uh, they added a, t- a, a major playmaking tight end in Austin Hooper. Uh, they're going to have Miles Garrett back right away. He's not going to miss any time this season like we thought, maybe toward the end of the year. Uh, Pittsburgh with Ben Roethlisberger and Juju Smith-Schuster and James Conner coming back healthy, maybe adding another running back uh, in round two. We're going to be better this year significantly. Uh, the Bengals are going to be more competitive. Joe Burrow in that offense is going to be an exciting to watch, assuming that Joe Mixon does play by week one. I think that's our first holdout watch uh, of the offseason is whether or not Joe Mixon shows up. Uh, but if he shows up, A.J. Green's coming back. You're going to have a new quarterback there, second year in Zach Taylor's system. So the rest of the division around them got better which is going to make things harder for them. They don't have Marshall Yonda. Uh, they're not going to have their center for at least part of the season in Matt Skura. So that those are all negatives to me. I would actually probably, if I redid this now with all that being said, I'd probably lean toward the under here. I still think they can win the division and they're going to be my pick at the moment, but it's going to be a much tougher path than it was for them last season. Under, under, all of what you, all of what you just said makes too much sense. First of all, Pittsburgh is probably better with Ben on the field. Their defense loaded. Cleveland is loaded. We talked about it last year. There's a potential trade right now for Trent Williams to go with Jack Conklin on that line, and now they take that that. 10th pick and go somewhere else. Dude, you you got maybe the best – you went from the worst line in the league to one of the best lines in the league, Uh, and you said Cincinnati's going to be better. I, I don't think they win the division. I've got them at 10. I think they get in the playoffs. But they put everything on the table last year for us to see. They got to get that creative again and hope Lamar Jackson can play. Here's the other thing. He's now the cover boy of Madden 21. That's a jinx. I don't care who it is. Nobody's ever broke the jinx. I'm taking the Mahomes. under. I don't like it. Mahomes. Mahomes. Mahomes, Mahomes kind of did, I think. Mahomes yeah, he's the only one. The he was the one. So we'll see if there's now a new jinx continuation, but I don't I don't think so. Uh, and then mixing better show his ass up to camp. <laughs> You can't hold out, dude. It wasn't that freaking long ago. We're watching you punch a chick in the face. You're lucky they took you in the first place. Get your ass to camp. When your contract's up, they'll pay you. In the meantime, shut the hell up and show up. Because that is absolute BS for a guy like that to say I'm going to hold out for money. You're lucky to be out of jail and be on a damn NFL team. 
thank you. That's all I'm going to say is thank you, Jake, because man, oh man, some perspective for that young man. The fact that he is even allowed and afforded the opportunity and the privilege to play in the NFL, he should be so damn thankful after what happened to him in college. And I understand second chances and hope you learn from something, but a lot of people don't get second chances with stuff like that. And he's really, really lucky. So Get your ass to camp. I'm just second what what Jake said. And I think everything you guys just said about Baltimore, they're going to be a really interesting team because I could talk myself into the Pittsburgh Steelers or the Cleveland Browns, depending on what happens, being a team that I like to win this division. But I think Baltimore, obviously, at right now is the favorite. Look, I right, like them. I like yeah, them. Of course, like, we all do. Telling all three of these teams could win 12 games. Absolutely. So to say that one of them are in the same division makes it, I'm not, I'm not touching that for at, you know, booking my bookie and betting that one. You know, one yeah. other thing I want to talk about before we move forward, we talked about yesterday when we were doing this, is there anything that could happen this week that would change your win total opinion? Does Rob Gronkowski change your win total? You were already on the over yesterday, Jamie, but like, yeah, is there no, another I, example? Like, let's think about that as we do these teams. Trent Williams. Cleveland, like Cleveland, when we get there is, yeah. Oh yeah. Trent Williams is, it makes me want to take the over. Yeah, because it's not just Trent Williams. It's Trent Williams, and then you're t- you're adding Kinlaw. You're adding C.J. Henderson. You're adding you know you're adding a huge piece uh, you know at, at that spot because then you don't have to take Thomas at ten. You know that's you know do you? I mean, look if you're going to move on from Odell Beckham in the next two years, do you look at one of those receivers? Do you say I'm going to take Judy or C.D. Lamb and say you know what I'll figure out what I do with what I do with Odell Beckham in the next two years? I mean. It opens up a lot of possibilities because they're not moving ten for Trent Williams. That the, the Washington does not have enough leverage to get that that sort of capital back for no. Williams, even if he'd be worth it in a you know in a vacuum. No, I, I think that it, second round though. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, that second rounder probably. Uh, listen, that probably moves the needle enough, Jake, because then you look at the Cleveland Browns and we'll get to them. They're right up here on their win total. That could make a huge difference, especially because we talked about it last year at nauseum how much of an issue the offensive line was for Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. All right, the next next team on our list, those Buffalo Bills. Uh, eight and a half wins is their total right now on mybookie.ag. Jake, I'll go to you first here. Buffalo, your thoughts. We liked them last year. They went to the postseason. Um, but a lot of question marks surrounding Josh Allen and whether or not he can make progression and continue to do that and take this team to the next level. I kind of feel like nine wins is about right for them, but maybe maybe you're feeling differently. What are your thoughts here? I had them ten and six. I went in division taking the over. I, Josh Allen made good strides from year one to year two. He's going to have more weapons now. He has more weapons already before this draft. Uh, I think he I think he continues the strides. I love the fact that that big arm can play in that brutally windy place, uh, and the athleticism, him being able to run around and make things happen. That's a young team that's really gelled together in the locker room that are playing really hard. I love Sean McDermott. I love everything they got going on there. That defense is going to overperform by the style that they play. Uh, and that division is theirs, in my opinion, for the taking. I think the, the Jets are right there. New England doesn't have a quarterback. Like I, For everybody to say it's still New England's to win, get the last 20 years, but this is not the same thing. I mean, to me, they're the class of the division right now, and I've got, I, pretty, I feel pretty good about taking over on that one. Yeah, I have him as a nine and seven division winner. Uh, I think their division is not going to be as tough as it's been, but it's going to be tough because Miami and New York are going to come to play. Uh, and I think this actually, like, I think as we said back at our AFC East show, this is not going to be as compelling of a division like the NFC West or the AFC West is going to be, but it's going to be highly competitive, just at a level right underneath there. 
Uh, I, I like a lot. Again, I like the. I think they probably gave up too much for Diggs, but in terms of just on field, he's going to be an asset for them. Uh, I, I expect Josh Allen to continue to to progress forward, but I, I don't see this as a twelve-ish win team. I, I don't think yeah. they had. They're not in that. To me, they're not in that elite upper first class of the AFC for me, but they're still, I think the best team in the division. I think they're going to win the division. I think it's way more likely they win 10 games and eight. Uh, so I, I think the over here, even though it's kind it's pretty heavily juiced on the over, uh, that would be the way to go. Yeah. Buffalo bills coming off a good season and it's going to be an interesting division because it's going to be the first time in a long time where it feels like there is an opportunity for another team to win this division, which seems like it's the first time in 20 years we've been able to say that. So it's it's there's going to be a lot of interest and intrigue in this division, specifically just because of the of the fact that Tom Brady's not there. All right, the Cincinnati Bengals. This is one I'm circling and paying attention to to see what the what the post draft number looks like and if it changes. Right, um, five and a half right now their win total. This is a roster that's in need of a lot. Right. Um, they they're It's not just Joe Burrow. It's more weapons. It's better defense. They have a lot of holes here in a division that we just talked about being three teams that could potentially win 12 games. Jake, I'll go to you first. Your thoughts on Cincinnati and that win total as of right now. I'll still take the under because it is bad. The division's brutal and they're going to be playing a quarterback, but they don't need more weapons. If you throw out Tyler Boyd, A.J. Green, John Ross learns to play in the slot with Mixon showing his ass up to camp. I don't think you could ask for much more than that if you're Joe Burrow and you're a rookie quarterback going into that situation. Now, they, their defense is going to struggle. They are by far the worst team in that division with the other three we talked about could all be you know, 10, 11, 12 game winners. Uh, so I'll still take the under, but they're going to be much better if that's the case, and they're going to be building towards something really nice. They could add enough of that draft. It, there's nothing that's going to make me want to take the over, but they could have a really good draft that they could build pieces for you're looking at them being pretty damn good in a couple of years. Yeah, and I think that that's a good number. I have them down for five and eleven. Uh, I expect them to be competitive, uh, but they're not. They're not ready to. They're not ready to be a team that's competing for five hundred. I expect them to be competitive in games. That offense can be exciting. There's a lot of fantasy value there, but I don't think there's. They're going to be, especially in that division. They're clearly a distant fourth in that division with three teams that I think are going to be competing for a winning record. So at some point, uh, Cincinnati is just not going to be able to get enough wins to get over this total. All right, the Cleveland Browns staying in that division. Eight wins right now in Vegas. Last year, I looked at their win total, and I said, lock the under. It was a lock. It, it hit right early on. It was it was one of the ones I looked at, and I went, okay, this, this is the team that's going to destruct this kind of feels like this might be an opportunity to get in on the over because this is a team that has a lot of talent, like we talked about, and could bounce back really quickly. Jamie, where are you sitting with the Cleveland Browns right now? I, I pushed on this one. I have them eight and eight, and they're probably they're more talented than that for sure. But I still think they're the third best team in the division. And again, it, it's a lot of this record is is how can you compete in your division and can you really get to double-digit wins if you're not winning at least four of your divisional games. It becomes very difficult. And, and I think, you know, they could go four and two, but I think in that division, but I think that's the absolute peak. I think it's more likely they go 500 in that division than 500 elsewhere. Uh, they're just they're just in this weird spot because I need to see it. I mean, we we but we talked about yeah. last year. They didn't answer any questions. They just did everything we <laughs> thought. We just They just did everything wrong. They did everything we thought worst case scenario could be. They did it. So they still have to answer those questions. And 
They shouldn't be worse, but until I see them be better, they're going to start the year without Jarvis Landry for a period of time. Uh, I just I, I like them, but I just think the problem is that I can't make a compelling argument right now when everybody's healthy that they're better than Baltimore or Pittsburgh. You're just going to limit their upside a bit. So if I had to lean one way, I would take the over, but uh, this is a stay away for me. I'll take the over. I, I mean, this meat and potatoes offseason that they've had has gotten better, and they went for substance over swag. But things that kept them down last year that we made them made us feel like they would implode are the same things that makes me feel like they could get hot as shit, and you do not want to play them late. Because when you take these young guys and that fan base, if they can get rolling and they can protect Baker and Baker gets hot and that with his down the sidelines with that swag going, like, this place could go, okay, the substance is there. They're winning games, but that swag take them another level of they're playing heads and better than they really are, and I would not want to play them if that's the case. And I just have a feeling all that stuff that happened last year, making the changes, firing the coaching staff, Never be in check. Baker taking that that step back and looking at himself a little bit. I would not want to play this team get hot. And the thing I could see that happen, them getting taken off with that. Yeah, I think the thing with Baker is you don't want to let him get that confidence back, right? Because last year was really tough for him. He took a lot of heat uh, from the national media. He took a lot of heat from Colin Cowherd in general, right? The two of them battled it out plenty enough on social media, but he took his lumps last year. And if they start off well, and he starts to feel himself, it's not going to be good for everybody because he starts to get confidence in himself. The rest of his teammates start feeling themselves. Then all of a sudden you've got, you go from, okay, you showed us the substance and now you're the swaggiest team, right? You got Jarvis and Odell Beckham Jr. and Baker and all these guys. And it's like, man, if it all clicks, Chubb, it's a big game. Yeah, yep. if it all clicks, it could be unbelievable. It's a big game. Let's talk about that could. scenario too. If they get Trent Williams, I, I already like the over. I'm gonna, I got him at nine and seven, ten and six. If they get Trent Williams, I'm damn sure taking over. I feel good about it. Yeah. I mean, Baker, if they have Conklin and Trent Williams, all he's got to do is get it out of his hand. They got yeah, freaking yeah. playmakers everywhere and you talk you added austin hooper you got kareem hunt you got chubb if you want to run it you got landry you got to be like this, this you still got you still got Njoku at this point um man i yeah. and that defense got better they added the safeties in the back end Alex garrett as you said is not missing any time i like taking over on on the browns i think they're going to be Tough. I like it. I like it too. And I like taking it now while it's at eight. Cause I think they could make some moves. Uh, the move you're saying potentially adding a lot of draft capital and everybody looks at that team and goes, Ooh, I like it a little bit more now. So it might be a good opportunity to you get had, in on it now. Javon Kinlaw and Trent Williams. It's a nine. Yeah. So, that's yeah. that. Show us the substance. And we'll, and I can assure you Browns fans, I will be all in on the swag. If you show oh, me the yeah. substance. I will oh, be yeah. all aboard the Brown train. I will be a part of the dog pound, and I will be all all aboard back with my guy Baker. It's the Minnesota Vikings are the team that Jake standing off of, right? leading the train, back of the train. I will do that with the Browns this year if that's what happens because I – a lot of faith in the team, and I love the fan base. But man, you got to show us the substance first. We're gonna make T-shirts. I already decided, so we'll we'll have them ready to go for for next football season. Substance over swag. Denver Broncos eight, a team we liked collectively more than the the public last year. Right? Um, we talked a lot about this. They made strides in the back half of the season. 
They've had a pretty good offseason as well. They've done some things. They can make some moves here. A lot of people talking about them going after one of these top-tier wide receivers, right, with their early draft pick. Jamie, your thoughts on Denver and whether or not this is a team that could that could go 9-7 and seven and be above 500. And that's where I have them. I have them being 9-7. and seven. Uh, Again, really tough division. Uh, every team in that division is going to be highly competitive. But I think they can get to nine wins. I'm excited to see what they add on draft day. Do they add – uh, you know, a rugs or a CD lamb, or do they, are they able to trade up and maybe get one of those tackles to bolster the offensive line? And you come back with, you know, maybe a, a Regeer or a Pittman or uh, a Uke or somebody in round two uh, to add, because they still need a compliment to Cortland Sutton uh, on the other side. They, they, they need to add weapons there. We'll see how Noah Fant plays in year two, started to pick things up a little bit toward the end of the season with Drew Locke. But uh, I like a lot of things about this team. There's really solid. They're solid defensively. Uh, they showed flashes last year on offense. If Drew Lock, again, he's going to be the key to how far this team could possibly go. But they're going to add weapons on the offensive side, whether it's on the line or at receiver, uh, in the first two rounds of the draft. So I'm really excited for them this season. The only thing that's going to hold them back is a sophomore slump from Lock, and or the fact that it's going to be a really tough division. That spoiler, I don't have any teams with a losing record in this division. Hmm. yeah all right i don't either i don't either it looked good that's and that's why i'm sitting on the fence i'll i'll right now i'll take the under just because this division is brutal and i think they're the worst team in it maybe one that maybe not the raider probably still better than raiders but depending on how the raiders draft goes that's gonna be two damn competitive games i think they're significantly down from the chiefs and the chargers i'd have to lean towards the under i drew lock played really well last year in his limited time but he also put stuff on tape Hamilton was trying to think of the other day that I like a yeah, lot. Deshaun you know, Hamilton. Penn, oh, Penn yeah, State. Deshaun Hamilton. I, th- yeah. I think he'll take a step forward. He had the drops last year. I think he needs to get his confidence back. But they have a piece there. But if they add another one and he does step up, you got a really dynamic offense with the addition of Melvin Gordon. They, they bolster the offensive line. I like what they did. You know they're going to play damn good defense. They get Chubb back off that ACL. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're going to be tough. But that division is absolutely brutal. And they're, they're, yeah. and they're non-conference. So they played the NFC South as well. Be tough. I have them right there at seven and nine, eight and eight. We'll see what they do in the draft. I don't know that it'll matter that much for me. I'd probably have to lean towards the under, but I wouldn't touch this one. The laughing stock of the offseason has been the Houston Texans, right? We have had a lot of fun making fun of Bill O'Brien, and their win total in Vegas is eight. Eight and eight. Everybody in Vegas is has them as of right now. Jake is for the people that are going to watch this on camera. You are already seeing the thumbs down, the double thumbs down that Jake just gave this for all the listeners on the podcast. I just gave you the visual that Jamie and I are experiencing. I'll just be for Jake's and Dari told me the way you feel. Uh, seven and nine, six and ten. Where are you leaning here with the Houston Texans? I've got it more like six and ten. And I think it could be five and eleven. I mean, this division's better minus Jacksonville, but Tennessee and Indy are going to be really tough. And you just got worse. Like you, there's no way to cut it. It gave away a ton. They added some stuff here and there. I don't know that Brandon Cooks is going to play. I, I think you could probably blow on him from across the room and get a concussion. He's just had too many, man. These guys that have back-to-back concussions and miss time, and he's a little guy, scares the hell out of me. I, for the kid, like you've made a ton of money, man. Be really careful with your future. That was for $18 million, whatever they're paying him. I, David Johnson, I don't know what you're going to get. I love the quarterback, but he misses a lot of open throws. He has magic, and he makes that Michael Jordan stuff happen. But that was with Nuke, who's not there. And the defense still sucks. So I, I don't know, man. I think 6-10 and 10 is much more likely. And that's also when he didn't hate the head coach. 
Uh, and so we'll we'll see how, uh, especially if things start to go poorly early in the season, we will see how that this this feels like a team that could spiral out of control. Uh, I know we talked about that with different, slightly different situations, but how we talked about that with Cleveland, this could be Houston. Uh, I could see a scenario where this spirals completely out of control. Uh, and if Deshaun Watson gets hurt, this team is going to be picking in the top three. Um, oh, yeah. I have them right now again, assuming health all this stuff. I have them right now at seven and nine, uh, and I think that's the under. But I don't really see much upside there I, I, I this defense still has as many problems as it's had the last few years the offensive line still has problems so all the things that have plagued houston before are all there and now they're just a less talented team overall uh let me, ask, just, let me ask you this jamie week eight next year they're playing the cincinnati Bengals on a neutral field they'll be uh again i i still probably take houston because i have to see what Burrow looks there's like. Your, there's your answer right there. The fact that you even had to think but, about it. But yeah, yep. I mean, I just look this. This defense is bad. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, this defense has been bad for years. Nobody they wants don't have to have the weapons to up with Cincinnati. If Burrow's playing at a decent no. level. No, and, and that's the thing. Be if, one of the teams in the league. They're going to give up 30 points a game, and I don't, and they can't keep up anymore. That's and, the point. And, and I, I don't necessarily think the in-game coaching from Bill O'Brien has been that spot on the last couple of years. So I just there, I like there are too many. The coach. Bill the GM sucks. Yeah, I just, <laughs> but there's but this this goes back to what we talked about. Now there's no line of delineation. Deshaun Watson is caught is getting plays from the guy that just traded his favorite receiver, instead of being like there's no us against the world, no us against the front office, none of the, none of that you know none of that internal stuff we saw like in the Jordan documentary of me versus the GM. No, because the yeah. GM's your coach. Yeah, the GM's the one telling you now you're only playing seven minutes a game. Like it's a different scenario. And and now I just to me is uh, there's a better chance this team wins five or six games than this team has a winning record, and I so I would take the under here. Totally agree. I don't. This team is is not going to be very good. I just I don't see it. I, I I like Deshaun Watson a lot, but he's not Patrick Mahomes, and he doesn't make that much. He, it's not yeah. the difference make there is is not there, and the coaching staff's not there, and the weapons aren't there, and this defense has gotten worse and worse year after year and you're living off of what was four or five years ago um a lot in name value uh and and not what is right now the indianapolis colts are nine this, their win total is nine right now on my bookie dot i dot ag um i looked at that one and i was like oh Ooh, that okay. went up when I looked two days ago interesting oh, all right indianapolis colts nine wins so it went up um Obviously, a lot of off-season changes. Do you have faith in Philip Rivers, Jamie, that this team can be a above 500 team? I do. I think they're a 10-win team. Uh, I, they're my pick to win the division right now. Uh, I, I think this is, again, what, they just need to get better quarterback play than they got for the back half of the year from Jacoby Brissett. This offensive line is elite and is going to give Philip Rivers ample opportunity. As we talked about, the upgrading offensive line is almost unprecedented. He's going from one of the three worst to arguably the best in football. That is going to be a tremendous boost for him. T.Y. Hilton's going to be healthy. I think they're adding a wide receiver on day two of this draft to add to next to Paris Campbell and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, you know, you, you have Jack Doyle, who's again a solid option there for them. Uh, you, this defense started to play pretty well at times. You're gonna have Marlon Mack for the full season. Like so, just this team getting healthy, getting an upgrade at the quarterback position. It's huge. This it's a well coached team. They they do a little bit of everything well. They don't maybe blow you away in any category except offensive line play, but they do everything really well at every level of the field on both sides of the ball. 
Uh, I just think they're a really solid team. They can get to 10 and 6 and win this division. And I like the over. I liked it more at 8 because you got a little bit more wiggle room. But I still like the over now. If it was at 8, I'd like it to like, like Cleveland, right? But I still take the over. I agree with you. I think they're going to win the division. They're basically the German Shepherd of the NFL. Do you know anything about dogs? They say the German Shepherd's not anything, but it's second best at everything, which makes it probably the most well-rounded dog out there, right? This team is very well-rounded. For three years, I've talked about this front seven being a mother to, to run on. If Malik Hooker and that secondary, Rocky Asin, those young guys can come on and stay healthy next year, the defense is going to be that much better. Phillip Rivers is a giant upgrade with that offensive line. If they do add Michael Pittman on day two, even with some size, with T.Y. Yeah. can still stretch the field. Naheem Hines, uh, I, I just, I'm not big on Tennessee making the same kind of run Latin as they did last year. I think Indy's going to be more solid everywhere. They can sustain some more injuries than some of these other teams can. Um, I like them. I, I like the over, but not a ton. Not a ton. Okay. Low, low, I like it. Yeah, he's got like yeah. more. But nine yeah. is not tough. Probably, probably a pretty good, and apparently Vegas agrees with you because they're slightly ahead of the Tennessee Titans in the win total, just teasing what we'll get to uh, in a little bit. The Jacksonville Jaguars, though, staying in that division, five and a half, their win total, right? So There's the extra <laughs> win. I, I now forget what they did there. Okay, because they were at six and a half yesterday, and I thought that was hilarious. Well, there's the win uh, in that division. So, Jimmy, go ahead, five and a half, where do you have Jacksonville ending up this, this upcoming season? I still have the under. I think they're a four and twelve team. Uh, I just they're, they're, the rest of the teams in those in that division are going to be more competitive than they are. Uh, they're going to have they're not going to have a knockway. They're not going to have this now. If they pull off that trade scenario that we talked about, and all of a sudden they're dealing with, you know, another another wide receiver, another tight end, maybe another quarterback. Maybe they can. I mean, they're not going to be five hundred by any means, but maybe they're flirting with six wins at that point. But uh, I think this is a complete transition year for this team. Uh, they're going to really struggle to win more than one game in this division. Uh, I would take the under here. Under. I think they're going to have the first pick in the draft next year. I think they won it that way. I think they're loading up with young talent. I mean, this is basically going to remind me a lot of the Rams, Jeff Fisher teams, where you look around, it's like the who's who of the SEC. And you're like, how the hell do they get all these guys? This 14 picks plus maybe picking up an O.J. Howard or whoever it is in this draft, uh, you're, I mean, you're not going to want to play a couple years when they rebuild this whole thing with young guys that are cap friendly, not balling for agency like they did a couple years ago. They made their run, but there's no way I see them getting to five and a half, six wins. Take the under and feel good about it. Yeah, the London Jaguars will be really, really tough to play two years down the road. Okay, moving on. Kansas City Chiefs, another high win total. I wasn't surprised to see Baltimore and Kansas City as the two top teams here. I think that will not come as any surprise to anybody. 11 and a half, same as Baltimore's win total. Whew, it's a high one, especially in that division. Jake, your face, for everybody that's listening to the podcast, you gave a good grimace. Like, oh, I really don't want to make this pick, but he's got to make it over under here, Jake. Over, barely. But you hate it. I hate it. I don't, I don't <laughs> want to touch it. I'm not. There's no way I'd bet it. I, I'll pick them to go 12 and four. Uh, the defense still has some issues. They played really well down the stretch. We've talked about everything that they've done. Um, they've done what they could so far in the offseason. They could have a solid draft. The only reason is Patrick freaking Mahomes, man. Yeah, I, I, I went back. They proved to me in that offseason. Sorry, Damian, that, that postseason. It doesn't really matter what you do to them, man. If he gets hot, like their receiving core, I saw some crap the other day. I was a bleach reporter, somebody who was. There's like four teams of who's got the best receiver duo, and Godwin's and Evan weren't in there. 
Tyreek Hill, four dudes, pick one from the Chiefs. The core's not that good. Ty- yeah, no, Patrick Mahomes is that good. Yeah. I'll yeah, that's... Over for that reason. Yeah, I... I... I went back and forth. This I'm I'm gonna take the slight under. I have him at 11 wins. Uh, again, this is why I don't bet these here, uh, just because I think their division is gonna be tough for them. They're, that it, that they might only win, th- you know, maybe only they go four and two in the division uh, in, instead of anything else. But they're a really good team. I just think once you get these totals this high, there's there's really no value in it. Uh, but I would not be shocked. They're gonna win that division. I think they're gonna have the best record in, in the AFC. But it's gonna be a tough path. They're going to be battle tested again. Uh, once they hit the postseason, because that division is going to be really, really difficult for them. Uh, and getting that extra week off now that only one team gets it is going to be paramount for them because they might need it. They might be beat up by the time they get there. Yeah, that's going to be a wild card um, heading into this season just to have that ability, just one team, one team only. Now, it's a little bit of a different format than we're used to. All right, the Las Vegas Raiders, to stay in that division, right, they are seven and a half. So they're slightly under where Denver is, right? But nobody in this division is less than seven and a half wins, right? So them and the Chargers both at that at that same uh, at that same level. Seven and a half here, Jamie. How are you feeling about the old uh, Las Vegas Raiders, seeing as you are the number one fan of this team? Uh, I had the slight over. I think they're eight and eight. Uh, oh. I, I like I, I saw we saw a lot of progression from their tackles last year, which was, was a big reason why uh, there was a lot of uh, a lot of those picks were kind of questionable, but they kind of came into their own in year two. Uh, I think they're gonna, again with their two picks at, at thirteen and nineteen, or excuse me, twelve and nineteen, they're going to be interesting because you're going to be able to get possibly the number one receiver in this draft class, uh, depending on what the Jets do. Uh, and whether whether that to you is whether it's Rugs or Judy or Lamb, you're going to add them. Uh, I think you add a cornerback at 19. Maybe you trade back and pick up more assets there. You're going to start to add to those pieces. They really started to click. Uh, look, last year down the stretch there, when things kind of really fell apart, Tyra Williams is playing on an injured foot. They didn't really have another secondary option because at that point, teams were just narrowing in uh, on Darren Waller, which I think is going to be interesting to watch him in year two now that he is a focal point of coverage. How does he respond? Does he grow or does he a player that is not a flash in the pan, but it's someone that takes a while to adjust to teams focusing on him. But adding another weapon for Derek Carr, Josh Jacobs coming back and not playing with a broken shoulder for several weeks to end the season, uh, adding to that defense and getting healthy on that defense, particularly in the secondary, getting Abram back, uh, who's really, even as young as he is, feel, feels like an emotional leader on that defense, the way he plays. Uh, I, I think they're in a really strong position here. Again, the big negative is going to be they might be the worst team in the division. And that's a kind of a compliment because the worst team in this division is better than half of a lot of other divisions around the league, but they're going to have trouble winning a lot of their divisional games. And that's going to ultimately keep down their, their win total. So I have them at eight and eight, but this is probably a stay away for me. All right, guys, moving on to the LA chargers staying in that division, right? Seven and a half. Also there, Jake, I'll let you go first here. Uh, the team that we all love, Right, we are a adopted fan club of the old LA Chargers, especially with those uniforms. Yeah, it looks like Jake dropped off, so I'm going to go to Jamie here first. Right, so I, I thought he he didn't jump in on the Raiders, so we'll get him here. Uh, we'll get you here first, Jamie, on the on the Chargers seven and a half. We usually love this team, but man, it's 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 tough to buy in this early without seeing them. It is, but I'm going to do it because that number is too low for me. Seven and a half for the Chargers with all the talent they have on that team. Uh, and the fact that they might add, I mean, I think they're going to add Tua to this mix who who might may or may not make an impact to them at all this season. But 
Tyrod Taylor's solid enough. Uh, I think they're going to add maybe another running back to their team on day two to add with Austin Eckler and Justin Jackson. They've got plenty of weapons at receiver, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Hunter Henry at tight end. They're just absolutely loaded on defense. They have an excellent secondary. They've got a dynamic pass rushing duo up front. Uh, oh, you know, and, and to me, if they don't go quarterback there, then they're adding another impact player probably to the defensive side of the ball with that pick. They made a great trade to upgrade their offensive line and a great signing in Bulaga. They, they're just, they are so good at so many areas of the field. I know injuries have been a problem. I know they have a, a quote unquote unproven quarterback, but to me, I actually, I have now for 10 wins. I think this is a 10 win team. It's going to okay. be the top wild card in the AFC and seven and a half just seems way too low for me right now. I agree a hundred percent. Give me the over. I mean, look, you, you, you just added your, your offensive line with Trey Turner or Brian Balaga. By the way, you could run on them up the middle. You can't do that with Limbaugh Joseph now. You added Chris Harris Jr. in the slot on that defensive side with an already really good secondary. Now you can rush the pass or stop the run. You can run it better. Basically, they're Indianapolis, but better everywhere. So we're talking about Indy being so good at so many places. That's them, but they're better than that everywhere, minus the quarterback position. But I just don't – Tyrod's not going to turn it over. I, I think they're going to run it. They're going to play action, and that defense is going to be nasty. So, yeah, I yeah. love the over on this one. I like Tyrod a lot. I think he's going to be whether or not they get a quarterback and start him or if it's a guy like Tua that's going to sit and and sit behind Tyrod, which is probably a really good scenario for the Chargers. I I think Tyrod's good enough, has enough experience that he's going to, with that roster, he's going to be good enough to get this team to to hit that over. um, My only question is how dynamic is Tyrod Taylor? When they get in a shootout, that defense isn't clicking on all cylinders. If they have some injuries again, can Tyrod hang in there with a hot Denver or Patrick Mahomes lighting it up? I don't know about that. I still love the over. I just don't know. That's the only reason I don't like them to win the division because they're that talented yeah, everywhere yeah. else. And we'll see how long. Like if, if they if they draft Herbert, for example, I think we all expect, you know, by midseason he would be starting. Tua, depending on the injury, we don't know. You might have to basically redshirt year for him. If they don't get either one of them, they choose not to draft either one, or let's say somebody trades up with three and then Miami takes one at five, and now you're at six going, okay, well, maybe we'll take a Simmons or a Derek Brown or or or, so, or an Okuda at that point, and maybe they trade Desmond King. Then it gets interesting because do they go back in and say, eh, you know what, Jameis Winston's looking a lot better now than he was a few weeks ago when we were thinking about getting a rookie. Like I, the, that possibility is still out there. So we'll, we'll see. I think whatever it is that there's a lot of potential for this quarterback position to improve throughout the season, whether it's a free agent they bring in afterward or they bring in Herbert and he's their second half of the season guy, a la what happened with Tyrod. Now it happened a little bit earlier than that, but what happened with Tyrod in Cleveland when Baker Mayfield took over? There's just a lot of scenarios here. But I think all they need right now is a quarterback to not lose them games. They are so good and so talented at every other element of the game and every other spot on the field. They just need to stay healthy and not have a quarterback that's going to throw 25 interceptions. If they can do both those things, they're going to be a playoff team. Yeah, and I think you bring up a good point that we talked about a lot right after free agency, but their names haven't been floated and haven't been talked about a lot. Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, Andy Dalton, whether or not they still find themselves on a different roster, I think all those guys are going to be, obviously, Andy Dalton still with Cincinnati. But I think there, there could be Andy movement Dalton there. there would make some sense. That's yeah. what I'm Andy saying. Dalton with them, I will. Now, that, now you're talking about a dude that could get in a shootout with some people that's a little more dynamic with his arm. I don't think Jameis fits what they want to do. Exactly to Jamie's point was not turning it over. They like Tyrod. Ty, Tyrod's mm-hmm. been there. 
He's one with Anthony Lynn. Uh, and I don't think Cam Newton fits what they want to do at all. But yeah. Andy Dalton, for the right capital, that, that would that one would be – I'm just saying, seven and a half right now. I should probably take it now because I think there's potential for this team, especially post a draft, whether they get a quarterback or they go get one of these guys. I, I, I'm with Jamie. I think this is like a 10-win team, nine or 10. I think both of you guys, right? I think right, the Miami. Tyrod. Yeah. With, with I, Andy Dalton, I, I think they could win the division. Uh, listen, I hope they. I hope Andy gets another opportunity because he I will. feel like I have to fight for Andy Dalton, and nobody, everybody got Colin Coward calling him a Nissan Altima, and then since that happened, there's never been a rebound uh, for for Andy Dalton's career. All right, the Miami Dolphins six, their win total in Vegas. Obviously, a lot of change this off season. Um, a team that won five games last year. Right. Uh, in spite of everybody saying they're tanking for Tua, which they might not end up drafting. So, Jamie, your overall thoughts here. They got three first round picks, a lot of discussion around the Miami Dolphins. What what do you think is the outcome here for the Miami Dolphins in 2020? I had them down for six, but I would take the over if I were to make this bet. Um, it was five and a half when I looked yesterday, but all this draft capital is I, – I, and I tried to pull up the tweet during the show and I couldn't find the exact one. But it's something like when they've had – teams that have had this much capital in the top 100, their record the following year combined is like 70% winning percentage. Like it is a ridiculous amount. Uh, they're going to add so much talent to this team. Probably you know a quarterback add to the line. Maybe they're going to add another running back right away. I mean they just – they're going to add so much talent to this team. They're an exciting team to play. Uh I think, again, I would lean to the over on this one because I think there's a much better chance this team adds to that win total. Question is, is how many games do you think they win in that division uh, with all these things? I think a lot of those teams, like I don't think there's a huge difference between those four teams, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, it, I, I, pretty much the three teams at the top, it's tough to factor in the Belichick factor of how much they're going to do in New England. But uh, I, I think those teams are all going to be within a few games of each other and they're all going to play each other tightly. But the amount of talent on this team is going to be off the charts where this is a team that may probably not going to make a jump this year, but the jump that they could make two, three years from now could be massive. Like we could be looking at the next multi-year divisional winner back to back to back type of a thing down the road. I learned a hell of a lot from Brian Flores that his guys will play their asses off for him because last year's team sucked talent wise. And this one's going to be loaded. As Jamie said, I think they're flirting with it, but I'll take the over as well. Every game in this division is winnable. I think Buffalo is the class of it. Like I said, I think they win the division ultimately, but there's no reason that Miami can't go to Buffalo and win or vice versa. Go to the Jets, go to New England. You're not going to want to New England last year and beat that team with nobody. <laughs> You're damn sure not going to want to play them. Right? I mean, yeah. they played so hard last year and now you're turning. And that was with, let me literally go position by position. What they had, that was awful. Fitz magic with these young dudes. It's going to be a fun ride. I mean, you're not going to want to play them. I definitely, I, I, I like the over on this one. Yeah, this is going to be a fun team to watch. I, I'm obviously a lot of intrigue about who's going to be the starting quarterback, uh, who's going to be, whether or not they decide to go with one of the young guys. I think the Miami Dolphins fan base is going to be one of the more entertaining fan bases to watch on Thursday night as we go through all of this. All right, staying in that division, uh, the next two teams, first and foremost, the New England Patriots. Set it atop of this division with nine wins in Vegas. Jamie is giving Jamie. I couldn't even get the total out before Jamie was doing the big old arrow down, right? And and I and Jake's pointing to Jamie, and I'm pointing down because I'm looking at this and I'm going, how in the hell do you look at this currently constructed roster with 
Jared Stidham as a starting quarterback and go, you know what? This team is going to win more games than the Buffalo Bills. Maybe in two weeks we find out it's a different scenario. But I cannot imagine looking at this right now as it stands, both teams, and thinking that that team would beat Buffalo. I, 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 I cannot imagine that and win more games. So, Jake, Jamie, we both, all, all three of us made arrow signs pointing down, so I think I know where we're all headed here. But, Jamie, I'll let you go first with some analysis, your thoughts on New England and their win total. Look, I know they're a heavy public team, so their number is always going to be inflated because the books are trying to leverage and make sure they don't get caught with a lot of liability on one side or the other. But I have that now as a six-win team this year. I have now as six and ten. Uh, I, I think the loss it. of Tom Brady uh, has made people forgot of all the pieces they lost on defense uh, this offseason as they basically split their ways between their last two quote-unquote defensive coordinators, defensive assistants in Brian Flores in Miami and Matt Patricia in Detroit. They lost a lot of pieces on that side of the ball. Uh, they obviously lost Tom Brady, which is a, which is a tremendous loss. Uh, they are weapons deficient on offense right now. Uh, they they don't have a trustworthy tight end. Uh, I like Julian Metalman, but he let's see how he does without the volume that Brady was providing him. Uh, Nikhil Harry needs to show massive steps forward to be a reliable starter next year. Uh, they don't really have any other pieces there. Weapons were a problem for them last year. Uh, Sony Michelle did not play well more often than not last season. We'll see if he bounces back and has a better year this year. Maybe Damian Harris plays a little bit more. Uh, I think at this point, James White is uh, is a I wouldn't say a non-factor, but a much le- lesser factor than he was when Tom Brady was there. Uh, they still have a lot of holes on defense. The line was a problem last year. The line's a problem again. They lost Skarnecchia coaching them, as we talked about earlier in the offseason. Uh, there's really not much to like about this team other than their head coach right now. And I think that's only going to take them so far. Uh, I think this is a six and 10 team and I feel very confident uh, taking the under here. I agree. I mean, the only thing I can add to that is I'll give you two games for Belichick for the Belichick factor. I'll give you two extra wins, which puts you at eight and eight and still take the under. So I agree with you. I, I like them at six and 10. I'll give you the two for Belichick being better than everybody else. But that won't take you too far. I will say Jared Stidham could freaking sling it, dude. I mean, he was a highly recruited kid, highly recruited at junior college, went to Auburn and played an offense that did not fit what he does. He can flat throw the freaking football. So, like, don't be surprised if he comes out and looks better than a lot of people when it's like Jared Stidham. I, I get that. I'm going to warn you a little bit. I mean, Bill's not going to put out somebody that sucks. Brian Hoyer knows his offense, knows this, this place. So if Stidham starts over him, the talent's there. He can flat sling it. But he didn't have any weapons. To your point, none. Yeah, that's that's the bigger some, but- yeah, that's the bigger part here. It's it's less. Yes, it's a huge downgrade anytime you go from the greatest quarterback to insert anybody else. But it's the whole roster. We talked about this roster last year. The roster is just not good. Like it, it's just not very good. For the same way we're critical of Seattle, look at this team. I mean, go yeah. position by position. It's not. They're not very good. And the mismanagement or whatever you want to call it from Belichick that's been glorified for a long time might actually finally catch up with him from moving on from tons and tons of stars that they have drafted over the years. So we will see, but nine seems way too high. Here's what I'm waiting for because I'm in full tinfoil hat mode now. Uh, Just on things I I can't wait for, uh, him to work out a deal with Patricia for three to take Tua. Uh, and then Patricia ends up getting fired because the Lions suck, and he goes back to New England. Uh, and so you get to you get to see that uh, them try to come back together and and see if they can make it make it work uh, in a couple years of uh, building through Tua. Uh, Jake's face. Oh, 
Oh, waiting man. for it. So waiting for it. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. It <laughs> makes a lot of sense. And she's scared the shit out of everybody. I'm yep. here for all the tinfoil hat moments because we've all wow. endured 20 years of this with you Bill. Put that in the air. Yeah, you put it it's out now. So you know who to, if it happens on Thursday. Yeah, yeah, you know who to you know who to blame if it ends up happening. All right, in that division, the U, the New York Jets seven is their win total. Jake, I'll go to you first here. Do you have the Jets going eight and eight, or do you have them pushing on this one or going under? Uh, I got them right there. I, I like the way they finished. They added some pieces. They got to stay healthy. They need to have a good draft. Right now, I'd say push, but I'd. I'd like to take the over and get to eight and eight, but they got to have a good draft. They got to have a good draft. And they got to stay healthy, but I like the way they finished. I, I think that division, as we've just talked about, is so close between six and 10, 10 and six. Everybody's kind of right there. It's going to be tough. I think they can finish eight and eight, but I don't like it. Yeah. I haven't pushed. Um, I haven't pushing right at seven. Uh, again, I like them, but the, the thing is it's going to be, for them, it's going to be a tough division just because there is no elite, truly elite team in this division. I think they're going to be very competitive in all those games, but they can lose to any of their divisional rivals. They can beat any of them in any building. Uh, I like what they're building there, but I need to kind of see, does Le'Veon Bell take another step forward this year, or is this what we get from him outside of this Pittsburgh offense? You know, Does Sam Darnold stay healthy? I know last year was more illness than injury, but he hasn't played 16 games or even 14 games uh, in his NFL career yet. Where, did, where does he go there? Uh, I still think they need more weapons. I like the Perriman signing, but that's just a one-year deal. I like Crowder in the middle, but I still think you need another guy there, and I don't think that's going to be Quincy Inunua. Uh, do they draft the player there? Do they draft a the tackle? They still have needs on the offensive line where they brought in some guys, but they brought in just some guys. Some guys. Um, so, like, it, it's – I just still think this team played hard last season. They have some talent, but let's say they move on from Adams. Are they going to get – players that are going to help them this year. I don't think they so. Might get capital. They I hope not. They'd be but, yeah, I don't, flipping minds to move on from one of the best safeties in football. I agree. Like young but, safety in football, period. And so just to me, just like, eh, they're a seven-win team. Uh, I think they're going to be in a lot of these games. But, I, I, you know, to me, like, I think they finish with a better record than Miami, but they're not going to be as pleasing to watch. Good point. Okay. I think that's, that's well, we've already watched this Brian Flores team and they were a five win team last year and they were fun to watch. Right. So I think it's safe to say that Miami would be more fun and New York might be more talented or better this season. All right. Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, we talked a lot about this division up at the top. Obviously we went through all their teams, big Ben coming back. A lot of this team coming back, they've riddled with injuries and still almost crawled and just got themselves into a postseason. Uh, didn't make it there, but their win total this year is nine heading in. Uh, so a little bit ahead of, of the Cleveland Browns and just obviously underneath Baltimore, the favorite in that division. Jake, I'll go to you first here. You know this place well. You know Ben well. Uh, he says he is in a better place than he's been in a long time, right? Do you believe him and do you buy into that? And I, I, you're shaking your head, so I'll just let you go. Yes. You have the best quarterback in the division, period. I don't care Lamar Jackson's on the cover of Madden. I don't care how dynamic and explosive he is. You have a two-time winning Super Bowl champion, been to three, Hall of Fame quarterback, who's now healthier than he's been in like five years. This elbow has been bothering him for a long time. He's also motivated to finish his career. He'd love to have the chip stacked against him. And I'm telling you right now, 
You do not want to bet this dude in flipping quarters in a cup, playing golf, <laughs> football, or whatever it is, because he's going to freaking beat you. And I don't care who you are. He is – nothing he does at this point surprises me it, or amazes me. It, it's just Ben being Ben. And I would not bet against this team. With having Ben back healthy and that defense the way that it is, with this draft, you could solidify a couple things. They added more pieces of their offensive line. They have weapons already. They add some more. I like the over. I, I think. I think. I think. If I had to pick right now, I'd pick them to win the division. I like it, Jamie. So I have them over as well. I have them for ten okay. wins. So I think it's them and Baltimore are going to be. I, I, obviously, it's not breaking any news. Them and Baltimore are going to be the class of this division, and one of those two, they're going to be probably within a game of each other in either direction. Uh, I, I think people have forgotten how good this Steelers team is, and I think they've forgotten how to put together what that Steelers offense was two years ago with what that Steelers defense is now and was last season. Cause they haven't been able to put those two pieces together because they haven't seen them on the same field at the same time. They won eight games with like a 47 overall create a Madden player quarterback last year. Okay. I mean, they, they were, I mean, I cannot describe to you how bad the quarterback play was. If you didn't go back and watch it and can't realize how bad the quarterback play they got from Mason Rudolph and Duck Hodges. I mean, it was all cool and all because Duck Hodges and quacking and it, they were terrible. This yeah, was a terrible awful. football team to watch on offense. And their defense got a lot better. And it did, it got attention, but I don't think people have kind of melded together. What's going to happen when you put Roethlisberger healthy, Juju healthy, James Conner healthy, back on the field at the same time with two other receivers that progressed a lot late in the season and James Washington and Deontay Johnson. Uh, you know, now, you know, adding to that tight end position and adding a big red zone threat in Eric Ebron. Uh, I just, I look at this team and I go, I have them for 10, but I could see it being higher. They're, they're, they're in that upper class to me in the AFC. They may, I don't have them over Kansas city, but I think they're at the very, they're like the last team at the top level of the AFC where I think they're absolutely a Super Bowl contender is currently constructed. And if Ben Roethlisberger plays 16 games, if you could tell me that right now, like if you guaranteed me in a crystal ball, They'd win. They win this division. Uh, I, I just, I, I was so impressed with what they were able to do last season, and that defense is really, really good and dynamic and game breaking. Uh, and I think now that we're going to see that with a healthy Steelers offense, watch out because this, this to me is the team that is kind of they're they're not flying super under the radar because they're the Steelers, but they're flying under the radar compared to where they've been in previous years. And this is a better team than they were a couple years ago. Yeah, this is the I, first time since 2010, the offense and the defense will match. That's the last mm -hmm. time they went to the Super Bowl. The offense was great after that. The defense got deconstructed. It's also the first time in a few years since Mike Tomlin really kind of took over that defense with Keith Butler still, but Keith being a Dick LeBeau disciple and that true three, four zone blitz team, they've gone away from that. They're much more multiple than they used to be. They play a lot more zone than they used to. And they're, they're moving into more of what Mike wants to do on defense, but they didn't have the pieces until last year. But you bring Ben back to that. Nobody is getting the upgrade of the quarterback position more than the Steelers from what they did a year ago to what they have now, bringing the big man back. If they were in a shootout on a neutral field, either in Pittsburgh or Kansas City, if they're in a shootout with the Chiefs, they can hang because their defense is better than Kansas City's. Their defense is better than most people they're going to play. Like you put Ben on the Chargers, I'm picking oh, them. Good night, but yeah. The Steelers, that defense is almost as good as the Chargers. And they have the same kind of weapons. Like, if they stay healthy, that offensive line's still really good. I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I, can make, I can see them making a serious run. Yeah, that's a really good football team. And we've talked about Ben coming back and feeling revitalized, which if that is the case, and obviously you know him well, Jake, 
that could be a scary team. And they are, although they're not, like Jamie said, they're not flying totally under the radar. They're still not in that conversation we're used to them being in, heading into this offseason. And that's because Ben got hurt and this team was injured and there were things that have happened. But this was a team last year that showed me a lot where they just had nothing at the end. And it was scraping by and still almost getting themselves into the postseason. I just, I, th- I feel like I'm going to talk myself into this team winning the division by the time we preview these teams. At, yeah, by the way, camp. this isn't Ben learning a new offense or changing. No, team. This, is no, Randy no. Fickner. this is the same offense no. he was running with my dad was there. Like this, nothing's changed. He knows everything about this. It's just getting healthy. Like I said, that elbow really. bothered him for a long time and it finally snapped. I mean, if he's 90% of him, his old self with that competitive nature, the way that they play, and you add a couple pieces in this draft, man, I I think it's all about health. I think they're going to meld together as a team. Locker room is going to be solid. You know that fan base. They, that's another one. They get hot. They get on a roll. That's one of those that just kind of just, just keeps going. Yeah, and, and we've talked about it. Like, Ben getting that year off, like – that's a dude that plays every game and takes shots and just, I mean, I can only imagine how much better he feels right now and will feel heading into this training camp than he probably has in 15 years. I mean, he's just, he has taken, he's a tough dude and he's, this has been probably a, a good revitalization or if you want to try and think of a positive, cause he's, he's a guy that takes a lot of hits for sure. I think it's worth think, noting too, Paige, before we jump off yeah. this. Like you take a guy like that, that we've heard the contemplation of retirement because the game probably gets stagnant after 15 years and multiple Super Bowls and all that kind of stuff. But you have it taken from you, not you walking away. The game is taken from you. And then it go, you sit back and watch it for a year and go, man, I'm not done. I'm not done with this. I want to prove that I can come back. It gives him something else to be motivated for that he probably hasn't been in a long time in the same way. I don't think you can discount those kind of things either. I mean, you take a motivated chip on his shoulder, Ben, who would love nothing more than to get in a shootout with Patrick Mahomes or anybody. That's, that's, that's him. I just think you can't discount that either. I, I look for big things from them this year. Yeah, I hope that's what we get. I hope we get Steelers and Chiefs because, man, that would be fun if we, that's what we're looking at at the AFC Championship game uh, here down the road. Just thinking about football is exciting in general at, at, this, at this point. It's just fun to, to play it out in my head that that's a scenario that could happen. All right, uh, last team here in the AFC, the Tennessee Titans, a team that went to the AFC Championship game last year, overachieved. Uh, for most people's estimations, uh, a team that's running it back, right? They're bringing back their guys, but they did lose some key pieces on this offense. And as we talked about in their post-free agency, this is a team that probably got worse, right? And and they're running it back very similarly to what they had last year. And there's a couple of teams in their division maybe are not as good, but there's also you look at an Indianapolis who got better, right? So, Jamie, what are your thoughts here on on the Tennessee Titans and and their win total right now? What was their total again on this one? Because they've moved a bit. Eight and a half. Yeah, eight and a half. Yeah. I mean, heavily juiced on the over. Uh, This is a stay away from me. I have them at nine and seven. Uh, I still think they have enough pieces. They play solid. Uh, But as Jake has pointed out, that defense – hasn't played as well as they did a couple years ago. Uh, they still tend to get the job done more often than not, but they can be vulnerable against high offensive teams. Uh, I assuming that Derrick Henry is also going to come back in and camp and be his, his old self. And it's not going to be a huge problem playing on this franchise tag or 
if they work out long-term or something there. Uh, again, the progression this year is going to be they have an extra six games with Ryan Tannehill. I don't expect him to play as well as he did in that stretch, but having the extra games, I think, gets them right kind of close to where they were last year. Uh, I think they're a, a team that's in wildcard contention. I think they'll have a winning record. Uh, you know, Mike, Mike Vrabel is almost kind of like the, the AFC Ron Rivera the last few years where the, there's, there's a higher floor than even what the talent level is on paper. Uh, I would be interested to see what they do in the draft. I think they're a prime tradeback candidate, but they're also in a prime spot if a guy is falling, particularly on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, they don't have a glaring need to take somebody at, at uh, where are they at, 29, uh, where they are now right in front of the Packers, where I thought they were going to take a right tackle for sure, uh, but now it doesn't look like they're going to need to do that. So it kind of opens up where they're going to go with that pick. I'd like to see them add uh, another wide receiver on day two at some point. Because uh, I think this is going to be Corey Davis's last year in in Tennessee. I think AJ Brown's going to be your number one, but I think you need somebody else there long term. Uh, so I'm interested to see how this thing plays out during the draft. But they're going to be a solid team. But I don't think we're seeing this team winning multiple playoff games again this year. No, I agree. I, I like them. I like Vrabel, man. Vrabel has really impressed me the last couple of years. Two years ago, it made no sense on paper. They just kept winning games. Last year, they got hot. They were that team that you didn't want to play because they figured out what they want to do, and they did it really well. Uh, I think they're going to run it well. I think Tannehill play well. I like Jonu Smith. Well, I love my, my boy from Starville High, AJ. Uh, I think Corey Davis could still be – he was a number three overall pick. He could still be a guy. I, I agree with you. They probably need to add somebody because they're probably going to lose him. This defense was 21st-ranked defense total last year. They got a lot of credit that was probably undeserved. And Logan Ryan got hurt, and then they weren't as good. Now, he's a, still a free agent. He hasn't re-signed there. He hasn't been anywhere else. He's a good piece that they're going to miss as well. Yeah. The Jarrell Casey trade, I think they need defensive line help. So I could see I could see that. I think I mocked them with, with Blacklock from TCU. As did I. Uh, yeah. Um, I could see them moving up, though, as, say, Kinlaw drops to 18, 19. I could see them trying to move up and maybe snatch him and get a pass-rushing defensive tackle. But they don't need a lot. But I still have them. I like the over as well to get to, to finish my point. But I'd have them just a tick under Indianapolis. Yeah, we talk about coaching staffs. I like the analogy you made, Jamie, uh, the Ron Rivera uh, of the AFC, right? Because I spent time with both of them at the Combine. They were both a part of the Women's Symposium. And as much as I was in it, mind you, it was John Lynch, right? And those two. And all three of them were people that everybody was interested in. But let me tell you, Mike Vrabel stole the show. It was like nobody was interested to hear from anybody other than Vrabel. And I was around him it seemed like we kept bumping into each other a bunch after that. Some about him. He's just got a good feel about him. I've, I've talked to Kevin Byard, who I know really well. He just he has a really good command of that locker room, and I think the players really like playing for him. And there's there's just something to that. It seems like he's that kind of a guy that gets a little bit extra from his players maybe than some other coaches do, probably in the same way that Ron does. I don't know what that equates to this season. I know the last two seasons, they've been better. They've ended up better than, mm -hmm. than what we predicted, right? So we'll see if that continues this season. Uh, parting thoughts, guys. We got ourselves uh, all the way to the end of the AFC. And to tease tomorrow's show, we are going to do prop bets ahead of the NFL draft, which kicks off on Thursday. Very excited, right, guys? Continuing our draft week coverage. Jamie, your parting thoughts here on today's podcast. A lot more. I still think the class of the NFL uh, in terms of the tippy top team still relies or resides in the AFC. Uh, I'm really intrigued to see where some of these top teams land. Like obviously Kansas City's path to 11 or 12 wins, despite the tough division, seems easier than Baltimore's. 
Uh, Baltimore's got a lot of uh, tough division as well. And there's a lot of questions that still need to be asked because Lamar Jackson answered a lot of questions last year, but created some new ones, uh, particularly with the way that the season ended. So uh, the way the last two seasons have ended, those questions still haven't been fully answered. But the Pittsburgh Steelers, I think, can be in, in heavy contention. And I think it, it's, as we talked about a lot, there's going to be something different about what I think is going to be a non-playoff New England Patriots team. Uh, and them not being a team we're talking about getting a bye or being the number one team in the AFC or even winning the division and what that means for the other top teams that you're now not going into Foxborough. We're not starting these 425 Sunday playoff games going into Foxborough as the sun's already down uh, and all this other stuff that we've been used to seeing in the postseason. I think it's going to have a ripple effect on a lot of these teams because they're going to be a lot that coupled with the extra wild card team is going to make a lot of teams in the AFC feel like they're in contention late in the season. Like the Miamis of the world, the Jets of the world, uh, they're going to look at this and say, "I'm trying to look at some of the other teams that we have down here." You know, the Raiders. Uh, I think that, you know there are going to be a lot of these teams that are going to be hanging around that second, third wild card spot now, late in the season, where it's going to make some for some really, really exciting AFC games down the stretch. Yeah, I agree, Jamie. I, I, I the, the the top top is good. I had mean, three or four teams could be that top. There's a bunch of those eight and eight, nine and seven teams that are going to be fighting for that wild card and then that extra wild card. Uh, the FC's good, man. There's only a couple teams that aren't very good. Everybody else could be flirting with 500. I mean, they're not going to be, but everybody could be. It, it's a lot of parity in the AFC, man. It's tough. Yeah, it's it's going to be fun. As I said earlier, my parting thoughts is it's just fun to play hypotheticals about live sports. That's my that's my parting thoughts. It's just fun to think about scenarios uh, for football season kicking off, and hopefully everything uh, just continues to get better so that way we can get football season on time. Uh, be sure to check out my bookie's latest odds. That's what we use today, mybookie.ag, to see all of these odds and the prop bets that we're going to talk about tomorrow. And lastly, how can everybody follow you guys on social media? Jamie, you first. You follow me at Jamie Eisner on Twitter. Jake? Jake B. Arians on Twitter. You guys can follow me at the underscore sports page with an I on both Twitter and Instagram. You can follow uh, the Draft Network at the Draft Network on Twitter. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.